Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout-out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, we've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, his wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039S hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's gofundme.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon all right dick what did you get me into this time hello you here uh yeah coming one second oh mank what's up man dick what are you wearing Oh man, I'm I'm in the spirit, dude. You're wearing a Superman outfit and holding a. Bu- Have you been smoking? This, uh, yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, you're you okay with it, Mank, or what? Uh, I am, but you wanted me to come over to talk about the Superman. Look at me, st- I can fly. Okay, I'm gonna leave. No, wait, 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 Mank. I ne- I need you on this, man. This Superman thing, it's it needs some work, but I think we got something good here. Take a look, and also have some of this Donner Chronic. All right, you know what? If I'm already here, I might as well. You know you want to, Mank. All right, now let's talk brass tacks now that we're thoroughly high as fuck. Okay. Uh, so we got Superman's script, and the guy's Lex Luthor. You know Lex Luthor, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was like the villain. They got him eating fucking Kleenex in the whole goddamn script, and there's so many fucking corny-ass jokes. I'll cut that. Let me tell you something. I got kind of a good vocabulary, even though I'm a stoner like a motherfucker, and I wear underoos all the time. And there's this word I want you to remember, and it is verisimilitude. Verisimilitude. You're a smart guy. You'll figure it out, (laughs) Mank. I'm sure you will. You're going to be my number one guy. I'm sure they'll use that line in another movie as well. Probably. I won't write it into that draft. Okay. Yes, for sure. Um, So, yeah. Uh... Let me know what you think. Verisimilitude. Want to be serious? I know I'm high as fuck right now. You are too. And uh, I think we can make beautiful music together, Mank. All right. Let me take a look at this. Let's see. While you take a look at that, take yeah. another hit of this fucking Donner Chronic. Ah, this is good shit, dick. I'm in. <laughs> Welcome once again to another episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, as we continue our deep dive into the Superman 78 movie. This is part four, Jesus, of it's way longer than the actual movie. Into the movie, this is definitely this longer is than the movie. This is how we do it, though. Even, the, even longer than the three-hour version, which is the longest. Uh, this is Ben, and I'm here with... Andrew, y'all, how's it going? Let's call, talk about some Kryptons and some Supermans and some aliens and all them things. So, if you're new to the... <laughs> We're going to talk about all those things. Uh, If (laughs) you're new to the show, then part one was about the making of the movie and the insane stories that led to the development of it. Before the credits. Yes. And then two and three were pretty much the first, I'd say, hour or so of the movie. Right. And now we're in part four where we're talking about everything after Superman's debut and saving Lois and saving Air Force One. 
So that's just to catch up everybody here. So let's dive into it. Was Harrison Ford on Air Force One on that one? He said, yeah, he saw Superman. He was like, get off my plane. <laughs> I saw that in the theater with my entire family. I walk out, <laughs> ask my brother, what did you like? Did you like it? And my brother said, I'm talking about Air Force One, mm -hmm. by the way. And then uh, he, my brother was like, uh, they scream too much in it. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I guess that, looking back, there was a lot of screaming. I guess so. Uh, but yeah, after Superman's debut, we get a scene that I believe is not in the theatrical cut, but is in the director's cut and okay. the three-hour version, which is Superman talking to Marlon Brando's Jor-El. Yeah. And is talking to him Father? about how he doesn't say f that's in the second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he he talks to him about how like you couldn't have imagined how good it felt and everything. Oh. Jor El's like I anticipated this, my son. I had sex. <laughs> Obviously, you you were created, so I know. Superman's like, no, I was talking about saving people. Uh oh, oh yeah, well, I tried that, but they didn't listen. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, that's true. Uh, so this is one of apparently Marlon Brando had twelve to thirteen days of shooting. I, I looked this up in terms of the specific twelve days, to thirteen, okay, specific days that he had. So it was not four as we originally thought. But he it was wore 12 pants to maybe two or three of those days. <laughs> I just heard some story that he he w didn't wear pants uh, if it was a shot above, or maybe that was Island of Doctor Moreau or something. But there's some story, maybe, yeah. some stories about him not wearing pants in uh, in some of his. Scenes. I can only imagine the Island Doctor Moreau set with him and Val Kilmer because apparently they're both difficult to work with. Apparently so, it was hell. There's a movie yeah. about it, right? There's a movie. There's a documentary about, about that movie. About the making of that. Yeah. Damn. All right. I'll have to check that I out. Saw I that. The, I saw that in the theater with my dad. Did mm -hmm. not know what was going on because I was like nine, ten, <laughs> maybe twelve to thirteen. Anyway, yeah. I I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what what we were watching. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, here Marlon Brando's uh, Joel is talking to him about how like you still have to maintain your secret identity. Oh yeah. You have to you know and remember you can't. You'll go back and change time. Should I have let those kids die? This is cool bus. Wrong movie. <laughs> Maybe. And that's that's part one of the Man of Steel bashing in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> There's one. Actually, after the last one, I only did the one. You Maybe. only did a couple. Yeah, I think mostly that one. The one. Dick Splash. Dick Splash, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's a moment as well where Jor-El in the Benton Newman script says, resist its temptations. He's talking about, you know, humans. He's like, resist their temptations, the rewards, especially its political system. Uh, for whatever reason, he's warning him against. Because so. our political system was so much better on Krypton. <laughs> yeah, clearly, as we saw when the yeah. whole planet blew up. Uh, but yeah, Makowitz adds a scene where uh, Jor-El says, you know, at this moment, I wish I could hold you in my there arms. There will be a guy named Fauci. <laughs> and uh, it's not a Kryptonian name. It's a name from New York. It's, and he'll be uh, all right. Fauci. 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 the Kryptonian name. Yeah. yeah. Bring, down, bring back Dr. Shayer on to, to, to yes. describe yes. <laughs> how to translate into Kryptonian. He's kind of a good guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jor-El is like, in this moment, I wish I could take you in my arms. And Christopher Reeves, Superman, this is, I think in the movie, I don't think it's specified in the script, where he brings up his arms as if to hug Jor-El, and Jor-El just kind of fades away. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's a beautiful moment Sad. in the movie. It's it's probably my favorite scene of Brando's Jor-El in, yeah. in the cut of the first movie. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool. Uh, the Benton Newman screen, uh, the Benton Newman script, I should say, not the screen. Uh, they have a scene in Clark Kent's apartment. Okay. Afterwards, which is interesting because we never see his apartment in the movie. Okay. Uh, where he's watching the news and he's kind of on an ego trip here because he's just like, yeah, I'm the man now. Everyone loves Superman. Um, interesting. And uh, the newspaper, this is where the newscaster is just like, this man is able to leave tall buildings a single bound, run faster than the speeding bullet. Like, this nice. where he incorporates that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. So that's where that would have been Newman. fairly organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, but they also bring up the idea that this could all be a hoax. And, uh, right. you know, to get, you know, because the government wants to control us, that type of stuff. No, that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a hoax, though, according the to. Batwheel's uh, yeah. uh, bat computer uh, already told us about what about yeah. all that stuff. And the city of Chicago accuses Metropolis of potentially doing this as a publicity stunt because the, the city's kind of undergone financial, you know, financial strain and trouble. Okay. So like, you know, you're just doing this to up the tourist trade type of thing. And Superman's like, well, that's not good because now people don't think I'm real. So okay. what do I do now? Uh, and I need an interview. I need an interview. Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. PR. Uh, yes. Uh, this scene was replaced in, I believe, with the director's cut and the three-hour version. I don't think it's in the theatrical where the newscaster's on a TV in a window and a bunch of people are gathered around the window. 
and Clark is watching it, and then this random like from a TV store, like on the yeah, street, yeah, oh, okay. that standard stuff. Yeah, and then Christopher Reeve was watching it, and the guy next to him was like, "Oh, that'll be the day, huh? It'll be the day when a guy could fly." Uh, the guy who says that is Richard Donner. Oh shit! That's Richard Donner's cameo in the movie. Oh shit! Is the whole that'll be the day? Uh, in the commentary, Mankiewicz and Donner are both on it, and Mankiewicz is like, "Who's that actor?" And Donner is like, "You know, some young hot actor at the time <laughs> smoked a lot of weed." <laughs> Wore Superman outfits from time to time. Yeah. So among the people reacting to Superman are Lex Luthor and Miss Tessmacher, Otis, and Albert, if you're reading the Benton Newman draft. Tessmacher. Yes. Macher. <laughs> German. German as, name. As Albert is pronouncing it. Yeah. Um, and Lex reacts to Superman by... Uh, Albert the Nazi. <laughs> yeah, Albert the Nazi. Callback. <laughs> uh, Lex reacts to Superman by saying, and he says this a lot, He sometimes when he's under a lot of stress, he yells... "Quote unquote, kill me by inches. Put me on the agony rack." What? <laughs> That's what he says. What's going on? As here? he eats Kleenex. So, well, we need yeah, another draft. Whatever that means. Well, that's thank God for Mankiewicz because he yeah. cut all that shit out. Get Mank in here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then that's of course still the same idea comes up where Lex is like, for this to be, you know, this can't be a hoax because if anyone was going to do the great big hoax of the century, it would have been me. So he <laughs> figures that he's going to he's going to test Superman. Okay. Uh, so that's going to come up a little later. Uh, but afterwards, we have a scene that is not in the movie, and I don't think it was shot, but it was at Lois's apartment with Clark, and Clark tells her that she must be mistaken. The Superman thing is all a hoax. Okay. So Clark is ironically not believing in himself. It's like a UFO situation. Like some people yeah, believe it's yeah. real. Because remember, he's only showing up for one night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so he's like, maybe he's rigged with wires like Peter Pan. Right. Which is actually <laughs> right. referenced later on in the actual movie when Lois tells Superman, like, hey, Clark said that you were just like, you know, a fa- from a fairy tale. You were like, or they were rigged with wires and stuff. Right, right, right. And Superman's like, well, Peter Pan came from a fairy tale. They're part of children. This is this is real. And then he takes off of her in that. So, <laughs> Can uh, you read my mind? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that was actually, uh, it was supposed to be planted that Clark says that. That Clark is just like, oh, golly, Lois, I don't think the Superman stuff is real. Golly gee, yeah. I don't even know about that guy. And Lois is like, you're just jealous of I bet of he Superman. has one big ass dick, though. <laughs> just saying. And Lois is like, you're just jealous of Superman. And Clark's like, what did you call him? Because this is oh, the first yeah, time where he hears right. the name Superman. That's and Lois right. has named him. Right. So again, that's another beat that we don't get in the movie. Right. Where Lois names Superman. And she feels like, oh, you know, that's kind of what I named him because the S on his chest and Who what he does. Who names him in this movie? I forgot. Nobody. Like, there's it's just automatically the Superman. It's just automatically Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she tries to reassure him that, okay, I still like you, Clark, but you're no Superman. Right. Uh, and Clark kind of goes out in the balcony as Lois is ranting about all this. And that's where he hears Lex Luthor's voice on, like, a radio frequency. Okay. Saying, like, hey, in this furniture warehouse, there's a beaker of poison gas. That will kill everyone in a 40 block radius if Superman can't stop it. So it's Superman, a powerful ass beaker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he challenges Superman. He's like, "If you're real, yeah, then you will stop this." And Clark's like, "I got to do something about this." So he changes into Superman in the Superman outfit, and the last thing for him to take off is the glasses, of course. Right. Only for Lois to walk in oh, with shit. him with the Superman outfit with the glasses on. Oh shit! And Lois sees him and she starts laughing at him and she says, "I'm sorry, Clark, but you're no Superman." <laughs> and that's the scene that James Conn was referring to in part one as we talked about all the different guys who wrote for the roles. Right. Where, you know, Clark seems frustrated that she likes Superman but not him. Right. And so he puts he dons the Superman outfit and Lois just doesn't buy it. Yeah. It's just <laughs> how much are you gonna what do you call Suspend it? Like disbelief. lean into that aspect of it. Like, yeah. I feel like yeah, it's one of those like golden age comics things. It's like really hard to translate. I mean, even then, mm-hmm. but especially now. And I think you have to have it, but just have I don't know, like like how would you do that in a modern Superman movie as far as like just it's there but you don't talk about it. You know what I mean? With the whole glasses thing? Yeah, not yeah, no, you, you no just one, wouldn't talk about just it. Just don't no don't even, is, don't even bring it up. It's just too blatant. This is why Mink was just cut that scene out entirely. Right, 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 <laughs> for right. For good right. reason. Uh so Clark she leaves as she's laughing, and Clark's just like, all right, thank God she's gone. And then he takes off the glasses, and he takes off right. to stop Lex. Right. And uh, Lois comes back, and uh, she finds that Clark is gone, and she's like, oh, now I've gone and hurt his feelings. Oh, shit. Okay. So yeah. she doesn't even think that, like, oh, he jumped off the building <laughs> and flew right. off. She just thinks that he left. Right. Uh, so Mankiewicz cuts the speed and just has the part of the movie where um, Clark transforms into Superman. Mm-hmm. 
which happens in the movie later on, where Clark jumps off the building and he just fades into the Superman outfit. Okay. So Mankiewicz doesn't have this whole back and forth with Lois or anything like that. Okay. Uh, it's just he hears it, jumps off the building, and turns to Superman and takes off. He changes mid air. Mid air in, yeah. in the movie, as well as in Mankiewicz's script, which is kind of weird, but I guess is. It's just a cinematic, I guess. Yeah. He could do it. Uh, let's see. What follows then is a sequence that is later on in the theatrical cut and the three hour cut. Okay. Uh, where Superman arrives and goes through this gauntlet of traps that Lex has set for him. Okay. So they shoot bullets at him, put him through fire and flamethrowers. This was famously cut, right? This was famously cut. Right. Uh, this was revised in the movie to take place when Lex is taunting Superman to get to his headquarters. Right. Here it's actually in this warehouse setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Lex is already being proactive and trying to test Superman and his okay. abilities. Uh, and I actually prefer this over the movie because here it makes sense for Lex to test Superman's weaknesses. He doesn't know anything about Superman. He's only debuted first. The reason why it's cut from the movie is that at that point, yeah. Superman's already gone around and saved people. He's already done the interview with Lois. Right. People already know what he's impervious to. Okay. So it seems a little redundant for Lex to try to test that from him. Right. Uh, which makes is why sense. it didn't it didn't end up in the final cut, I think. Even though it's a Has it been publicly fantastic shot, sequence. though? People... Like, how do they know he's bulletproof? Um, I think they don't he might know have that part. About, maybe, maybe not. I believe it's in the. I believe it's in the. It's, or at least covered in the Lois in Lois's um, article. Or oh, something okay, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but by the time you get, yeah, by the time you get the film version, it just feels like you already know about that stuff, right? Um, so it was cut. Yeah, it was cut, but okay. it's in each draft. And made it all the way into production and, and was shot and everything. Mankiewicz had the final script, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Final pass. Yeah. So uh, Lex apparently is chewing on Kleenex in rage as he sees that Superman <laughs> is going through all the still traps. Still eating on Kleenex. <laughs> He'll do that throughout all of this and what? probably in Superman 2. It's still mind-boggling. In the Benton Newman's trap. It's mind-boggling, man. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, Mankiewicz cuts all the Kleenex eating and instead has one point where... Um, they're watching Superman get frozen. Yeah. And he breaks out of the ice. And Otis comments out like, Superman's probably never owned a sweater in his life. And Lex is like <laughs> so pissed he grabs his drink and he throws it at Otis. Oh, and shit. Otis is like, what does that mean that he did have a sweater? <laughs> <laughs> so. Logic is sound, yeah. Otis. Uh, but uh, the biggest difference here is that Lex actually does have a vial of acid hidden. In the movie, he uh, okay. says that that was just a, a ploy to get Superman over here. Okay. But in the script, he actually does have a real vial of acid. And Superman sort of looks through all the doors, and he rips them through. Okay. And Lex is like, that's interesting, because he's supposed to have x-ray vision, but he can't see through the doors. Oh, that right. must mean he doesn't see through lead. Right, so he figures it out. So I think that's cool. In the movie, right. it's like it's because Lois puts it in the article. <laughs> okay. Uh, but in the original script, he was supposed to figure that out. Through seeing I Superman be do like that in the, the weaknesses in the paper, that too. That's the problem that with Superman in this. Yeah, like I think Mankiewicz did the right call in the in his draft, where it was yeah. uh, Lex sees that and he's like, "Oh, that means that he's, yeah. his weakness is lead." That's better. And then it got changed into the movie for whatever reason. All right, so Superman tears through all the doors, <laughs> <laughs> and he sees the explosive capsule. And there's only a few more. Uh, there's only a few seconds left on the timer. I'm maxing out for the visual. So he watchers. takes the capsule, and he shoves it in his mouth, and he swallows it. And then he he realizes he needs a chaser. So he there's like another vial of acid. So he takes the the acid and he drinks that to chase it down. And then it ends with him burping. <laughs> and that was the original end of that sequence. By the way, can you burp in. on purpose? Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I was when I edited the last one. Yeah. <laughs> when we burp at the end. Yeah. I burp naturally, and then you. I noticed. Oh, you did it on command. Yeah. I, when I was editing it, I cannot <laughs> yeah. do that. I cannot burp on command. It's a, it's another talent, <laughs> I guess. One of the many talents of Benetavius. I know a lot about Batman and Superman, and I can burp on command. Well, yeah. Does damn. not help me get a job whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Get laid, though. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Can you burp? Can you say that in burp, burp language? Hello, ladies. <laughs> 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 if 
my girlfriend's watching this, she's just like, <sighs> you one of the kids that was like saying the ABCs and burp. I couldn't do it at that time. Oh, okay. I also it's, wouldn't have. I also just didn't like doing. I just didn't like people who did that when I was a kid either. <laughs> but now like, I'm I like, can eh, do it, but you're I can gross. do it now. Well, I could. I couldn't do it at the time. I thought okay. that was gross back then. And then now I'm like, oh, now I can do this. Now you're a grown ass man. You can do whatever you I'm want. Grown, I'm a grown ass man. I can do whatever juvenile shit I want. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about more Superman. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> Superman and Burp on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, so we cut to the Daily Planet where now Perry White, Superman's more established, and now Perry White wants the story on Superman. Okay. I want the scoop on Superman. And there's this great Christopher <laughs> Reeve moment where Perry's like, you know, what's he like? Where's he from? What's his favorite ball? You know, what's his favorite baseball team? And Christopher right. Reeve is like, as if he's about to answer. The Kansas the City. Never mind. <laughs> and it's not written in the script, so it feels like that's a Reeve and Donner thing. Okay. In terms of that. But I I always thought that was an amazing, subtle moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Reeve's performance. Uh, just real quick, during the three-hour TV version, we see Jimmy often getting yelled at by Perry. And yeah. then Jimmy asks a copy boy in a red shirt to basically do the same thing that he's been asked. Okay. I believe he's called Vinny in the three-hour version, but I originally heard it as Beanie because... In my mind, maybe that character is Beanie Martin, who is the copy boy from the radio show. Oh. So originally yeah, Jimmy Olsen. Dives. Yeah. Originally Jimmy Olsen was the copy boy, and then when Jimmy Olsen grew up, they promoted him to be a reporter and they replaced the copy boy role with Beanie Martin. Beanie Martin. Beanie Martin, who was not actually as I talked about in the radio deep dive, he was not actually played by a kid. It was played by an adult pretending to be a kid. Sounds like it so he, a lot of So Sinatra. his voice sounds sounds like this the whole oh, time. Okay. It's annoying. Um, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. In the movie, Superman is proactive about getting this interview with Lois. He leaves a note to her being like, you know, I'll meet with you. I'm a friend. During the sequence where Perry White is asking for the story. In the scripts, however, he doesn't do this. Lois actually tells Clark that she wants the interview with Superman. Okay. And that, you know, all the hints that she might be in love with him and stuff. Right. So that's what gives Clark the idea to show up as Superman. Right. Uh, in the Mankiewicz script, he goes even farther by having Clark ask Lois out on a date. Okay. And she agrees. And in that script, that's the reason why she's dressed up on the rooftop. Ah. Is because she's waiting on... And Clark does show up later on to pick okay. her up for the date. But okay. in the movie, it's a little weird because it's like, wait, so she schedules the interview with Superman right before her date with Clark? Was she planning to just you know, stand up Clark for Superman right, or right. did you just really think that this interview with Superman was going to end exactly right before Clark? I, I don't know. Uh, There's also a commentary on the camera move here where it's, they don't cut mm -hmm. and Superman flies off. I was going to comment on that. Yeah. Oh I'll yeah. Get to that. Oh, okay. Uh, but all right, we'll put a pin in that. Right, we'll put a pin on that. We'll, we'll cover that. It's, we'll it's a fantastic moment. Move. It's, a, it's a fantastic moment. Uh, but Superman arrives. And of course we have the famous, rooftop interview the quintessential right. Superman Lois Lane scene this scene was used for the Superman auditions as we talked about oh, in, yeah. um, okay. as well as the Lois Lane auditions but we covered that in part one Right. Uh, a lot of this dialogue does actually come from the Benton and Newman script not okay. from the Mankiewicz one he was like oh you actually wrote this one well enough you wrote, yeah, you wrote yeah. this one fine <laughs> uh, I'm gonna keep this one in there at one point Lois brings up Clark and Superman pretends not to know him where he's <laughs> that like, dweeb <laughs> well no he's just like who's Clark idiot and Lois is like, oh, you know, he's a coworker of mine. He's kind of dull. Look at my dick. And <laughs> Way bigger. <laughs> this is not at all what happens in the script, guys, by the way, guys. <laughs> so Lois is like, oh, Clark's kind of dull, and Superman has to hide that that actually hurts him. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's nice, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, interesting vulnerability there. Uh, so They do this in the comics a lot where he, he's leaving the scene and people start talking behind his back as soon as he leaves, mm -hmm. but he can hear it because he has super super oh, hearing. Oh, yeah. And that's that's often to good um, you know, emotional effect, I think, yeah. in the comics. Yeah. I'm, it's probably happened in Smallville and shit. Basically the idea in the, in of the, hearing the, what everyone else actually thinks about you behind your back. Yeah, yeah. and he generally can hear that if he focuses on it. So... Uh, I don't know. It's good. Yeah. It's a good beat in the comics, and yeah. they don't really do it in the movies ever, really. Not really. Maybe that'll be in the next one. Who knows? Probably uh, be in the Tyler Hecklin thing. Maybe they're doing. Yeah, maybe. What's the official name of that? Is it just Superman? Superman and Lois. Superman and Lois is the name of it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be. I'm pretty sure it's taking inspiration from Rebirth with them raising kids and being a family and stuff. Is it really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So they're doing the they're doing that whole thing with them being because I figured like they they probably thought. 
let's just not do the same exact thing as before. Yeah. So let's do it as Superman raising the family, which is fine because that probably leaves enough room if they ever bring Henry Cavill back as Superman yeah. in the next century. Yes. <laughs> they, can, they can do all sorts of other shit that is not related to him raising Cavill family. Cavill can only stay so jacked for so long. <laughs> He's yes. in lock, UK lockdown. He can't fucking handle it. He's probably mm-hmm. got his own private fucking gym, though. Yeah. At this point. Probably. Uh, so here's an interesting tidbit is that in comics history, usually Lois Lane was in love with Superman. Clark might have, in the early days, tried to go after Lois, but Superman wasn't really pursuing Lois. He kind of already had his own mission and stuff like that. Basically, there wasn't the formal love triangle. This is why they thought every comic character was gay, because <laughs> they weren't hitting on girls. Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But usually it's just Lois is in love with Superman, and that's it. Like, this movie sort of made sure to establish that, that love triangle that's famous to this day. Right. Lois is in love with Superman. Uh, Superman and Clark are the same person and both of yeah. them like Lois and Clark has to go through the conflict of liking Lois but she doesn't like him as Clark she likes him as Superman it's one of those things that ages worse than the glasses thing <laughs> being his thing because it, it the glasses thing just makes everybody seem stupid but it yeah. may, but in this world people mm-hmm. don't notice that stuff that's the verisimilitude of this mm-hmm. whole thing yeah. but when you get into this layover from the golden age or whatever it makes Lois seem stupid it does, and also makes her feel a little superficial, in my yes, opinion. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, uh, like, Clark's already handsome enough, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's... That's one of those things that I think that Man of Steel got right. Uh-huh. See, we don't always hate on that movie. They don't, because they did not do that. They did not. Lois knows from the beginning. In that. From the beginning. Yep. Uh, let's see. Also cut was Superman explaining to Lois how he can fly. He says specifically that his molecular structure has a lighter density under Earth's gravitational force. I love it when they put in bullshit science, <laughs> like all that shit. Like yeah. I've heard people talk about uh, what if Kryptonians, the way he flies, is he's able to control his, his own gravitons mm-hmm. with his mind um, thanks to, the, of course, the radiation and all that. But... I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I'm not a scientist, but mm-hmm. gravitons are supposedly, maybe even theoretical. I don't even know if they're actually real or not, right. but uh, part of a, a subatomic particle or whatever, right. part of the fabric of the universe. I just don't think Superman's thinking that much when he flies about no. like the, gravita- the gravitons and stuff. He's probably thinking about normal stuff. It comes stuff. to second nature. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. But He's thinking about where's Lex. But if people want to get into the pseudoscience behind Superman, if yeah. they want to make that up because he is a sci-fi character, mm-hmm. he's not Shazam, it's not magic, yeah. um, people can go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, generally not really necessary for a story, though. This is just... Fans being fans right, and yeah. wanting to fucking explain. This is Neil deGrasse Tyson Superman. <laughs> yeah. Who pumps the Batmobile's tires as, uh, you know, Grant Morrison famously kind of uh, uh, uses as a way to, uh, what do you call it, um, critique mm-hmm. certain fans' attitudes. Like, it doesn't really matter most of the time. But, uh, I don't know. I like, I kind of like thinking about that stuff sometimes. But, yes, yeah, not necessary for the right, story. Yeah. Completely unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's if see. there's a Science of Superman book out there, though, I'd like to yeah. find that. Just, th- th- as, there, just because there I'm are, that yeah. guy. Yeah, there are. Maybe yeah. we'll do a deep dive on that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, let's see. Another thing cut was when Lois asked what color underwear she's wearing, we'd actually see him do the x-ray vision on her to see the bra and panties. Oh, really? I think this was probably cut for being too sexual. They shot it, though. It was in the uh, script, but I don't think they shot it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If it's, anything, it's a bit much. They saved the x-ray for when he's looking at her lungs. Right. When, right. When she's right. like, you know, let me guess, cancer. And he's like, well, not not yet. Not God. yet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot more wholesome of a yeah. more Superman-y. I would. Ex- this is. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be totally out of place if it was like 13 year old. And then he's, he does it real quick. He's like, ah, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know what well, I mean? Like he be, almost does it. To be fair, she gives consent. Oh, okay, yeah. Because remember, she says, what color underwear am I wearing that to, is test, true. to test that the x-ray true. vision? So she wants him to do it. It's not like he's being a perv and stuff. That is She's true. She's flirting with him in this. So it, it's right, true. I right, think it's right, just, right. I, I feel like it's still a little, a little too much from that because it can still easily be misconstrued. Right. So I think I think I prefer it the way it is in the movie. Uh, our female listeners, please <laughs> let us know what we've gotten wrong <laughs> here. And... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> we apologize. <laughs> but but yes, it does seem like she gives consent. Yes. yes yeah. yeah. Uh, another good beat that's cut is Lois describing his powers as strange powers. And Superman's kind of hurt. And he's like, you find them strange? Uh, <laughs> right. So, there's things. so it's interesting because Benton Newman kind of have a little bit more of a vulnerability yeah. to Superman. That's, that's interesting. not quite in the final movie. Inkwitz has a little bit of those carried over. But right. they're not in the final film at all that much. Okay. Uh, but the biggest difference from the movie in the Benton Newman draft is that it does not have Superman and Lois fly together. Oh. That is all Tom Mankiewicz. Wow. That's important. And that's, yeah, that's huge, right? That's huge, it's, yeah. That's such an iconic scene. Yeah. Them flying together and she's in the blue dress. Like, that's so, and then, of course, can you read my mind? Don, yeah. Donner, <laughs> Donner uh, also said, that's how he sold it to Mankiewicz, right? Let's make a love story. Let's make it a love story. Let's really yeah. sell the love story. And the, I think they found it lacking in the um, the Benton Newman draft. Yeah. And okay. Mankiewicz decided to amp it up, and this is probably where he did the most work for that Clark and Lois. That is interesting. Okay. Yeah. So under Mankiewicz's penmanship, we have the whole flying sequences, and it was supposed to originally be around the whole world, not just around Metropolis. Oh, really? So it would take her to Paris, Vatican, the Egyptian pyramids, the Taj Mahal, the Great Wall of China, basically what we saw in Aladdin with a whole yeah, new world. Right. Okay. Uh, but in 1978, instead of... That would have been cool. It would have been cool, It actually. would have been. But I can tell that there was no way they were going to do that. <laughs> Plus the time, because Superman can take Mach 10 or whatever the fuck. But yeah, but how's he going to take Lois? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Also, like, again, I've thought about this bullshit, but, and I'm sure a lot of Superman fans have, but I guess it's Superman's body heat that keeps her warm because they're basically hugging. But like he gets colder Kinda. the he's higher holding, you. He's just holding it under her though. He's oh yeah, that's true. Hand. It's like it's like it's like uh, Peter Pan style. Yeah. See, that's a thing you kind of have to let go. Yeah. But, exactly. Like if he's like hugging her like a lot, like in a lot of uh, the way it's drawn a lot of the time. I guess it's his body heat that mm-hmm. can kind of keep her warm the higher they go. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I think about this stuff, y'all. Yeah. Uh, ironically. Uh, you know, this is very much the romantic scene of Superman and Lois. Yeah. But. Between takes, Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder probably fought the most during this sequence. Stop grabbing my dick. <laughs> my cod piece. Mar- okay, Margot Kidder apparently was into just goofing off because she was bored just being up there. And Reeve okay. very much wanted to stay in character in between okay. takes. And even yeah. at one point was flat out like, don't you ever stay in character. Yeah. Uh, to oh, Margot really? Kidder. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They did not really. They were going on it. They became friends still. Eventually. Yeah. But it's uh, it's kind of funny that that's how good they are at acting. Is that it's it was his big it's such a romantic too. scene? Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it's kind of hers as well, though. Was it okay? I forget. I mean, what her she was in other before. stuff, but I think it was probably. I mean, it was probably bigger for him because he's the main star. This was the biggest movie that year. Yeah, and this is but yeah, this is yeah. Neither one of them were super well known. Yeah, at the right. time, the the main stars of this movie are Mar- are Brando and Hackman. Right on that. Right. Uh, let's see. So, as you've referenced several times, we have "Can you read my mind?" Can you read my mind? As the voiceover, just the way she says it, it's funny. It it's is. almost cringy, but it's not. It's not cringy. Well, it's still done well. You're probably glad that they didn't go with the original idea. Okay. Can you read my mind? Is of course the name of the love theme of Superman and Lois. Okay. Uh, Margot Kidder was supposed to sing "Can You Read My Mind." <laughs> Well, this dude, no musicals, man. Lyrics Please, no. written by Le- Leslie Brykus, who did a lot of the uh, songs at the time. I don't care if our man Jim Steinman <laughs> did the lyrics. Go back to the Bat Musical episodes. Yes. Uh, it's still let's. We're trying to. Donner's trying to make a serious picture right, here, exactly. With all kinds of salt well, kind that, of cash. That's exactly why Donner decided not to do it. He okay. just liked the uh, having a song over it fuck dude I'm so glad and he changed it just like you know what just play the instrumental and she just says it in the voiceover and that's how we got what we got yeah great Donner Uh, the song was it was turned into a song it was turned into a single you get the approval by some jackass (laughs) on the internet Uh, yes I'm sure that's exactly why I made this movie I'm sure he loves it like this movie won't do anything to uh, to the world or pop culture but some jackass in 2020 is going to say yes, and that's going to be everything that I wanted validation. Everything wise. that he ever wanted. <laughs> Let me go back to smoking this Donner chronic. <laughs> uh, this was actually turned into a single, though, a hit single sung by Maureen McGovern a year later. A hit single, A, hit, sing- a hit single. Was it, was, it really? Okay. Uh, number 52 on the Billboard Hot 100. Let's play five seconds of it right now. And we're back. All right. So uh, then we get to Superman dropping Lois back home, and that's where we get that fantastic long take you were talking the about. The long take, yeah, this is interesting. It's so, subtle. So 
Lois watches Superman take off, and then she crosses over because she she hears the door and knocking yeah. on the door, and yeah. she opens the door, and it's Christopher Reeve as Clark. Yeah. Now, how do they achieve this? I have no idea, Ben. Magic. Wow. Shazam, bitch. Shazam. No. <laughs> uh, what happened was Margot Kidder is in front of a screen. Oh, shit. With footage of Christopher Reeve taking off in the Superman outfit. Oh, wow. So that's all she's doing. She's watching him go off on the screen. Then she crosses over onto the set. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so it's a lot easier than that quick costume change yeah, I was thinking. It's so well like framed and cut, you don't even know if she's in front of a goddamn screen. Uh, I don't, it's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we explain it correctly for people that might not have seen this movie for some reason. If you haven't seen this movie, why are you watching this? That's true, but just let's cover our bases. <laughs> Fucking, she watches him leave in Superman costume. Mm-hmm. He flies away. Right. Camera does not cut. That's the important part. Right. There's no CG at this time either. It's 1978 or before mm-hmm. that, whenever they're filming it. Mm-hmm. They fucking camera dollies, I think, right to left, and it yeah, goes it from Superman to her to Clark being at the uh, at the door. You know, it seems like a complete costume change and all that. So that's what's so interesting about it. And practical camera tricks, right. old school practical it, effects. But it really makes you believe Christopher Reeve is Superman. It's a subtle thing, you right? You really subtle believe enough. he took off, super sped his way into changing, got yeah. into the, you know, flew into the window in the hallway and yeah. got to her door and, and knocked on the door and just showed up with his hair all like perfectly they Clark-like. Went, it's going the extra mile and every I, step of the way. I also think Clark's hair is parted on a different side than Superman's. I could see that, yeah, uh, for sure. Another thing. So that would be an additional thing they would have to do. Uh, on that, so people don't recognize him. Exactly, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, it's another great moment of Christopher Reeve that's underrated. Yeah. I think when he he comes in for the date and it seems like he's almost going to tell her because he takes the glasses off. Oh yeah, and then he decides against it and puts it back on. Yeah, and then decides to take her out on the date. Okay, so uh, there we go. But thanks to Lois's article, Lex figures out Superman's weaknesses, as we yeah. talked about. Like that's kind of the downside to this. Uh, in, Not written the best. Yes. But that's, uh, whatever. In the it's scripts, fine. Lex dates that Krypton blew up in 1937, interestingly enough. They don't that's, give specific dates in the movie. That's another thing. Okay. Again, getting to bullshit science here. Yes. It could be technically in a galaxy far, far away or mm-hmm. whatever as far as, I don't know it's Star Wars, but uh, like, I don't know. The way like this obviously traveling at like light speed if mm-hmm. depending on how far far away krypton is but <laughs> i feel like i've got taken to another level of nerdiness <laughs> but it's also like how supergirl is uh technically younger she's technically older than she's Superman. technically older right but ten- looks younger because of she got caught in there's uh, something to yeah. do with the science of light speed and aging she got, and yeah she got frozen like suspended animation basically somewhere. something yeah. like that you age less the closer you get to the speed of light and if their ships go even like one fraction of a fucking difference in speed then that can cause some interruption there mm-hmm. you know so uh anyway i wonder if like was krypton like eons before or was it just 20 years ago whatever the fuck <laughs> earth time like i wonder i'd like to Tell us in the comments, please. Well, according Do to the Lex, work according me. to Lex in the scripts, uh, it took three years for Krypton to go from blowing up to uh, Clark landing. Okay, in, uh, that's on what Earth. we're doing in this one, and yeah. that's where the meteors showed up too. Uh, so that's basically 1940, where Superman shows up, and as right. well as the meteors from Krypton, or maybe they were behind him. Okay. Smallville did a really interesting job where they, in the pilot, Superman or Clark's spaceship arrives at the same time as a meteor shower in Smallville. Wow, that's so cool. you already have kryptonite built in, and of course, due to the fact that this is a you know weekly television show on the WB, yeah, uh, that kryptonite creates superpowered people <laughs> uh, right. during that time. Just like in the Flash, suddenly like the same thing that created the Flash oh, also created yeah. all these other supervillains. So okay, the Flash took that page from Smallville uh, on that. But that's how Lex figures out that kryptonite same is people, deadly. Man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's probably I mean, like, well. It's no, it was not Berlanti. Berlanti did not do it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Different different people. There were some writers who have crossed over into but the WB Arrowverse. and CW. They're directly connected. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, yeah, there course. must. There's obviously yes. a, a, a delineation there. Anyway, uh, Lex figures out that the meteorite in Addis Ababa is kryptonite. Uh, the green stuff uh, that landed around 1940 or so. Okay. And Benton Newman's draft has a weird line where Lex points to the picture at Addis Ababa and he's like, ah, 
National Geographic. In my day, this made Playboy look like Mother Goose. <laughs> Lines that don't, uh, you know. Although we, I mean, there was. Did you ever do that as a kid? Because they, they were in. You know, what he's talking about right for sure. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have a feeling. Yes. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> just making sure. But. There were not National Geographic's with those kind of pictures mm -hmm. in like our third grade classrooms and shit. I mm -hmm. remember, and of course the boys, mostly the boys, I guess, were, <laughs> you know, having a time with that. Right, right. So uh, that's again, this but is Kleenex, Lex Luthor is a grown ass man. A Kleenex eating, grown ass, killing man. by inches, grown ass man. Yes, yeah. Who uh, thinks he's the smartest? Well, he guy does in say the back in my day, so he's talking about when he was growing up. I would think. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, but well. still, it's a weird line. It's, it's a not weird necessary, line. Really. Again, Mankiewicz cuts the shit out of a lot of the Lex it's, Luthor stuff. It's not good. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, yeah. But we're about to go into an even bigger divergence from where the Benton Newman script takes a big diversion from what we see in the movie. Okay. And we're going to cover that when we get back from the break. God damn. Father, I have a confession. Uh, why do you have to say it like that? This is just confession, man. You don't have to. You don't have to scream or, or yell or anything like that. You can be very quiet in this confession booth. What's wrong with saying it like that? I always say it like father. Okay. Well, what is it, my son? What do you have to confess for me today? Well, I used my X-ray vision in a way that I should not have. Your X-ray vision? Uh, yes. Are you Superman? Let's not worry about that right now. So, I used my x-ray vision almost by accident, I guess, but it's the man part in Ma Superman, you know? And I saw some undergarments. I see, my super... I mean, my son. Uh, it is natural for the human man to be curious about the bodies of the opposite sex. Do not concern yourself too much on this. It is perfectly natural. Even if my shorts got a little tighter? Again, a perfectly natural human emotion. So, do you ever get those feelings, Father? I, I believe this is your confession, my son, not mine. You know, man to man. Well, I would say sometimes if there's a particularly attractive lady in the front pew while I am, you know, giving my sermon, then yes. You could say that. A lady, though. Is that correct, Father? Yeah. Uh, yes, that is correct. Oh, okay. Hearing your heartbeat, I see that you're telling the truth, Father. Very good. Had me worried for a second. Sorry to stereotype you, but... Uh, worried about what, my son? Let's not worry about that. So, I'll try to endeavor to not use my x-ray vision in lascivious ways going forward. I would say that is a good idea. Okay. Uh, what woman was it in the front row? All right, I don't care if you're Superman. Get out of here. I guess you're right, Father. See ya. Gosh dang it. All right, everybody, if you like that, we have that plus news, plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. And if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes. Basically, consider it Superhouse DLC. Oh. You're listening to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. And we are back to cover Kleenex eating Lex Luthor from the Benton Newman draft. It's unbelievable. Uh, and uh, as I said before, before the break, this is where the scripts diverge a lot from the movie. Okay. Including Mankiewicz's one. So okay. in Mankiewicz's script, after Lex figures out Superman's weaknesses and stuff and where to find the meteorites that would be his weakness, we have an extra scene where Superman, this is foreshadowing a Man of Steel, helps yeah. out an oil rig. Oh, shit. That's spilling oil into the ocean. Okay. Uh, not on fire and stuff with Superman going all shirtless and showing his chest hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. in this one, he basically puts a stop to the oil spill and he sees a seagull who can't fly anymore because his feathers are all matted by okay. oil so he helps clean up the seagull and or, or a sea eagle as he's called in the script 
A sea eagle? Yes. And then it describes that Superman and the eagle sort of fly off together. Uh, okay. Sort of bonded by the fact they both can fly. <laughs> it's a weird scene that I just doesn't really do anything for the rest of the story. It's it, harkening back. Is, is a bird showing off if it flies? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. But like this is specifically in the Mankiewicz draft, and I, it's weird to see this because it seemed like Mankiewicz was mostly cutting, not really adding. So right. right. This is one of the few things that he added that I don't really see what the point is uh, on that because it doesn't really pay you off Just later. write a bunch of bullshit and see what happens. I guess so, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the movie, Lex getting the kryptonite is implied by Perry White who talks about how there was this theft at a museum. Okay. Uh, but in the Benton Newman draft, we actually see Lex do the museum heist. Okay. So Lex, Otis, Miss Tessmacher, and Albert, the Nazi, uh, <laughs> actually go to Addis Ababa. He's not a Nazi in the movie though, right? Albert's not even in the movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> so right. he's that's definitely right. not a Nazi movie. Okay, he doesn't show man. up. A lot of super knowledge <laughs> coming coming at me all at once. I'm trying to process it. I'm uh, learning with the audience and shit. All right, so they go to Addis Ababa to steal the meteorite. Is from it Addis Ababa or Addis Abba? Ababa. Ababa? I think it's Ababa or Ababa. Okay. Uh, but not Addis Ababa. Addis Ababa. I think it's. I don't think it's a real place. Look, please correct us. We <laughs> apologize <laughs> about this. Please correct us if you're from Addis Ababa. But yeah, pretty much this. Anytime that somebody brings up that place in a Superman movie, it's because of this movie. Oh, really? Because that's where Lex gets his kryptonite from. Because that's apparently where oh, all yeah, the meteors yeah, yeah. landed. Yeah, right, right, right. So in the Benton Newman script, they arrived at the museum, and the meteorite is not there. Okay. And Lex says once again, they're killing me by inches. Go ahead, make me suffer. Milk me dry. <laughs> killing me by inches? That's what he keeps that's what he says every time he's stressed out. Okay. Uh, this is Benton Newman still. I don't believe that he has any of those portable Kleenex packs on him for him to eat, unfortunately. <laughs> so he has to find some sort angry. of release. <laughs> yes. He gets hangry with those things. But then he figures out that the sleeping security guard actually took the kryptonite to prop up a door. Okay. Prop the door open. So they're like, oh, that's easy. And then they take the kryptonite and they leave. And that's the heist sequence. Okay. Very weird. Yeah, not, not the best. Yes. Uh, not the best. And then Lex and his cronies then go to Mount Vesuvius. In Greece. They go to the volcano and it's erupting. And Superman arrives to try to stop the disaster. But he sees it's not a real eruption. It's actually been manufactured by Lex. Okay. Uh, I'm not really sure how. He has a whole bunch of machines that like he's simulate. Got, he's got that dark volcano stuff. Uh, you know, uh, weather changing technology. I guess that also changes the interior of <laughs> a volcano. <laughs> um. So Superman arrives and Legs is like, "Ah, you've come to stop me, but I've got, but I can stop you." And he, that's when he uses the kryptonite on him. Oh, okay. Uh, a couple of pages are missing from this, so I did not get to read exactly how Lex springs the kryptonite on him. A couple Weird. pages are missing from the script. Weird. Uh, unfortunately. I wonder why they, they that's off. That's not there. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're dealing with a script from 1977, 76 or yeah. so, so yeah. naturally some things are going to get lost over time. Okay. Uh, Lex and company realize, however, during this, that Mount Vesuvius is actually erupting, and they're like, we got to oh, get out of here. So Lex, Otis, and Albert leave, but Miss Tessmacher trips and gets left behind. Okay. So now it's just her and Superman with the kryptonite in the heart of the volcano, and uh, that's where Miss Tessmacher has the change of heart. That's in the movie where she saves Superman and uh, tosses the kryptonite. When he's in that pool? Yeah, in yeah. the pool in the final movie. But here they're in the volcano. Man, together. talk about a downgrade. <laughs> well, I also mean, think about like the expenses. I know. I mean, the fucking this. Mount Vesuvius, that's, a, that's really yeah. expensive. So uh, she throws the kryptonite in the It's all kinds of like, I don't know if we can add that to this picture. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a bit of a character moment here where she says that, you know, you need to save me because Lex needs me. <laughs> he says he doesn't know it, but he wouldn't last a day without me. She right. says. Oh, right. Um, Superman carves out a tunnel for them to escape and helps get her out. Okay. And that's how Miss Tessmacher gets out. But unlike the movie where Tessmacher saves Superman and he just goes off to stop the missiles, Lex hasn't done anything with missiles yet in this version oh, of the okay. script. He's just kind of used it to take out Superman because he wants to go forward with his plan. Okay. Uh, so we don't immediately have Superman take off to stop the missiles. We okay. still have a good chunk of movie left. Uh, right. We're not even close to the third act in the Benton Newman script. Right. Um, so Clark actually goes back to the Daily Planet 
and tries to find Lex Luthor through the phone book for whatever reason. And he finds... <laughs> now you see, kids, phone books. Where this thing world's actually just, great, just Google it. World's greatest detective. <laughs> There's just so much to explain, man. It's, 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 think of it this way. It's as if he was trying to find Lex Luthor through Google in terms of how oh. to find him. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like pages, and it was like a book. Yeah. So he's like El Luthor, and he finds it, and he realizes it's, a, it's for a lingerie shop. El Luthor, that's a Spanish guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he gets frustrated, so he rips the phone, booth in, phone book in half okay. uh, in the script, only for Jimmy to call out to him. And Clark kind of has to hide the now torn in half phone book from Jimmy. So some that people can do that, but there's apparently some either like people like to say it's like some some strength that some people have, mm-hmm. like genetics. Uh, like some muscles that you don't use that much. But then again, I've also heard that there's some weird structural weakness. That's what I thought too. Yeah. In phone books that some people just can do. Yeah. Can find, I that's find what it easier. Is. Yeah. I figured that's yeah, what yeah. it is. Otherwise, why aren't you doing that to other books? Yeah, I know. It can only, it can only be with that one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so he finds out from Jimmy that Lois is in California for a story. Okay. Uh, which sets up the finale where, you know, she's in danger. Right, right. Uh, but Jimmy asks him, "Where you know, where have you been? The chief's been looking for you." And Clark's like, "Well, you know, he's assuming that Clark was hot, chasing a hot story." And Clark's right. like, "Yes, it was very hot." <laughs> Thanks, uh, <Benton laughs> thank you, Newman. Benton Newman. Uh, in the movie, Lois goes to California to investigate the fact that the Native Americans have all this land that's been purchased by a mysterious benefactor, who turns out to be Lex because he wants to buy out all the land so that when California gets destroyed by his earthquake, he now owns. Like the California. Coast. Yeah, exactly. Coastal uh, real estate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but here in the Benton Newman draft, she's not covering that at all. Okay. She's just covering the Women's Western Golf Classic for some reason. Okay. Uh, yeah. Western Golf Classic. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's not exciting. So Superman goes around looking for Lex, and this is the most notorious scene from the script. And uh, so we're, we're going to read it. You'll read the dialogue, and I'll read the narration. Okay, so... Th- to set it up, this part of the script is the most famous part that was cut from the Benton Newman draft. Exactly, yes. Okay. Yep. All right, so here we go. Superman, his POV down, down there from the back, a shining bald head, a dark suit, a bit of swagger. Can it be? Moving shot wide, Superman swoops down on his prey, seizes his shoulder. Gotcha. The man rolls around, and it is Telly Savalas with lollipop and big grin. Hey, Superman! Who loves you, baby? Alright, so Telly Savalas, for the audience who doesn't know, Telly Savalas was in a TV show called Kojak. <laughs> okay, yeah. Famous bold actor, had a signature lollipop, and the catchphrase, Who loves your baby? Oh, God. So, Ben Newman, we're so... writing in a cameo of a known TV actor in here. Uh, honestly, Telly Savalas, I think, should have been Lex Luthor. Oh, uh, yeah? Savalas' performance as the Bond villain Ernst Blofeld in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, I believe was the partial inspiration for the Superman the Animated Series version of Lex. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, in that he's got the... He's a burly, bald man yeah. with, the, with the low, deep voice yeah. uh, sort of thing that I think Clancy Brown was trying to emulate uh, okay. when he did the voice of that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, the idea was the was the joke that Superman mistakes Kojak for Lex Luthor. Uh would not search. have would have would have won over Honest's at the time, but uh, <laughs> would not have uh, aged well. It would have aged yes. even worse than Lex's suits. Yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, as you noticed, Megawitz has cut pretty much everything that I've been talking about. You ever you ever wonder like seventies fashion has never really come back? Like only in probably certain, for good reason. For, I'm not a fan myself either. I I mean eighties <laughs> the eighties. For better or worse, keep coming back. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know, it's something about sleeker, simpler designs, maybe that 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 make it easier for it for it to come back. But seventies yeah. like bell bottoms, they never came back. You know what I mean? Leisure suits. I don't know. That's just yeah. shit I think about. Like, will it ever seem not so maybe, anachronistic? Maybe we'll see Jesse Eisenberg in the Hackman suits. I would rather not make him look even worse. I'd, yeah, <laughs> I'd rather. I'd rather not. Uh, so, Megawitz cuts everything that we saw here. There's no Kojak stuff. There's no Mount Vesuvius. Everything's been rearranged. He was like, like oh, the Salkine's never going to pay that kind of money. <laughs> they didn't want to even get fucking three women in this movie. They couldn't even get Goldie Hawn in this, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Lex, however, Superman can't find Lex because Lex is not in Metropolis. Okay. He's out trying to hijack and nuke, as we saw in the, uh, in the movie. 
Yeah, yeah. we saw in the movie. This is in the movie, yeah. So Otis, Albert, Miss Tassmacher, he can't find them because they're out to get the nuke. So Lex is going to hijack a rocket and cause the earthquakes in the finale. Okay. Will he succeed? We'll find out in part five in the final episode <laughs> of Superman 78. <laughs> or just watch the movie. <laughs> or just watch the movie. <laughs> but, and, and read the but scripts. But definitely listen to yes. this. Uh, and that is superhero stuff you should know. Krypton. <laughs> I can't really sing. All right, let's All right. do it, Ben. All right, so uh, a few shout-outs to our comments in the section here. Let's see. We have Speak Geek Unlimited, who has their own show. They commented oh, uh, on our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles deep dive. Oh, shit. Uh, they said, New Line Cinema also distributed the Blade Trinity, Trilogy. Sorry, not Trinity. <laughs> Trinity. Trinity. That is correct. New Line owned the 90s, motherfucker. Uh, They say, in fact, if you ever do one of those for Blade, I would love to be a guest speaker. I run a YouTube channel myself on film, comics, etc., and really like your channel. If you are interested in a collab, please reach out. Oh, wow. Well, let's do it then. Well, let's do it. Blade. Next year, 2021. Uh, He definitely knows this, but they had Morbius in a cutscene. Yeah. In Blade. That's the ultimate ending, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Before Jared Leto. Uh, Saved comic book movies. That's what they say anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like a couple years after um, Batman Batman and Robin. Robin. And before X-Men. Before X-Men, it was 99, yeah. Yeah. Speak Geek Unlimited also commented on the TMNT2 Secret of the Ooze deep dive saying, Hun was created for the 2003 TMNT series and isn't a one-off character. He appeared in the 2003 spin-off comic by Dreamwave Studios. He appears in the IDW series and the 2012 Nickelodeon series. So, okay. thank you for that uh, corrections department. Yeah, I was largely unfamiliar with that character. I mean, I watched the fir- of course the first cartoon mm-hmm. uh, and of course all the movies as they came out. 2012 cartoon, a little bit. Well, actually most of it. I haven't finished it, but mm-hmm. that was... Honestly, this is something. It's kind of an interesting thing. Is like usually nostalgia, like makes you think that the, the first one's the best one. Yeah. But maybe, maybe a bold statement. Maybe we can talk about it when we collab. But the 2012 version better than the fucking original that we saw when we were kids. The 1990 movie. Then the 1989 cartoon or whatever. 88. Oh, whenever it came out. 87. 88. Gotcha. Late 80s, the first the first cartoon that was you know that sparked our generation mm-hmm. of getting super into Ninja Turtles. Um, 2012 one is fucking better. Mm-hmm. I'm sure probably most Team T fans probably think that. Anyway, uh, thanks for the comment. Yep. And uh, yeah, let's do it up. All right, you heard it here. Uh, Brandon, I was unfamiliar with Han. Yeah, was what I was. Tra- original fucking point. Sorry, <laughs> I get sidetracked. I was yeah, I was kind of unfamiliar with him. Yes. Uh, let's see. Brandon Brooks has been commenting on a lot of our videos, so I thought I would do a shout out to him. Okay. But thank you, Brandon. Uh, I like to pick comments that add some more information as well. Uh, and Brandon said uh, on our Batman '89 deep dive, uh, quote: "Something interesting is that the Tim Drake suit design for Robin was partly helped." by Tim Burton because by this point the Dick Grayson suit was out of date compared to the black badass suit as in like the black badass suit that Keaton was wearing okay yeah uh, so they called Tim Burton to choose a design that would fit in the 1989 movie world right so if Robin was in the movie we could have had the Tim Drake outfit okay um, I believe that probably yeah that might have still worked I, I've heard that about Batman Returns I hadn't thought about that as soon as the 1989 movie, but that does make sense because... They weren't going to do bare legs and green booties. Unfortunately, no. (laughs) (laughs) They need to update that part of the section. Again, there's just some things from the golden age. It's not going to translate. No, no. Uh, let's see. Although, what if like there's a scene where Robin, like in the movie or some live action, where he walks out with like green socks and boxers? I don't know. I'm just, th- <laughs> I'm just thinking like, how could you uh, have yeah. an homage to that? Maybe that for uh, the ladies, y'all. I'll have to think about that. Yeah. Or anybody that likes men, as anybody. long as he's packing like Burt Ward. Burt Ward size, <laughs> mega cock. <laughs> Uh, let's see. And the last comment is this epic comment from Randall Flagg, who we did a shout-out to on our Death of the Family yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, deep dive. Uh, he said, first thing I did after finally being able to watch my copy of A Death of the Family was to check your guys' podcast. Nice. Congrats on another very clean job. I started to blush like crazy when Ben had to read my super long comment from the Cole Vallis interview. Sorry, guys. I never learned to summarize in English. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> if you were blushing before, you're probably blushing now. 
Uh, speaking of Hush, I just bought Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Hush, which came out a week ago. I'm right in the middle of moving back to my native France, and with the new house and everything I have to take care of, I haven't had time to really sit down, relax, and read it as slow as possible. Uh, he's reading this to complete his little Hush collection. This is basically okay. what if um, Hush basically struck earlier, I believe. Tales of the, the Dark least. Multiverse is going on now? Or it recently? is. It's, it's now where it's like, what if? Like, what if Bruce didn't reclaim the mantle from John Paul Valley and John Paul Valley got to continue uh, as Batman? Or yeah. what if Tommy Elliott uh, got to strike earlier? I haven't read Hush. it yet, but I, I, there's this one, I think a Superman comic, but it's got Supergirl on the yeah, I cover. Think, I think that's I think that's related to the death of Superman. If he stayed yeah, dead and yeah, Supergirl, yeah, yeah. yeah, Supergirl took over. That's apparently a good issue. I haven't read that yet, but um, yeah, I heard people talk online. Also, that like cover is really cool. It's like I feel like it's inspired by like Marvel's "What If." Yeah, you probably. Know what I mean? yeah. Uh, let's see. He says, "I've checked your other videos, and the number of topics you guys cover that I'm very interested in is staggering. So much stuff to listen to, so little time. <laughs> I'll have to learn to multitask and listen to your podcast while setting the house up." Please do. Uh, hopefully, it's entertaining for you. Definitely. Um, that's that's what you do with podcasts. You have you do some other shit while you're listening. Generally, I mean, driving too. You're, all, yeah. you're doing something else. Uh, he says your content is definitely of a much higher quality than what your number of subs could let one to believe. I'm sure it's just a matter of time before you take off. So thank you. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yes, uh, you Randall. That. You said it, not us. Yeah. Uh, keep up the good work, and thanks for the shout out. I'll try to leave shorter comments in the future. But it was a blast listening to you commenting on it. Long days and pleasant nights to both of you, Randall Flagg. So thank you, Randall, for the very nice No, that's a good comment. comment. Thank yeah. you. Thank you were you. in France, you said. Yes. All right, that's cool. That's awesome. Awesome. Uh, and those are the shout-outs for this week. Okay, cool. All right, once again, thank you to Kuki Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B., Shamrock Bowles, Aaron Willett, Ian H., Dan D., Laom O., Super Inframan. <laughs> and Douglas P. <laughs> Please join the Shasta Army. That's the $1 tier. You get the shout-outs at that tier. But then, more importantly, at the $5 tier, mm, Benatavius. Yes, yes. You know what happens at that tier? I think I do. $5 per month with <laughs> yes. new episodes. Not $5 per episode. Not $5 per episode. So that means, generally... Four episodes, five dollars, if the math works right. out. <laughs> but in, in those in those episodes at the five dollar tier, mm-hmm. you get the deeper dives. Yes. So you we thought this was deep. Yes. Fucking even deeper. We cover other aspects of Superman. We didn't talk about other aspects of Superman seventy eight. We don't talk about here, such true. as the uh, Christian allegories that uh, were brought up into this movie. That's true, yes. Uh, and all kinds of Batman knowledge, of course. Mostly mm-hmm. Batman. Been Superman lately, but like yeah. uh, Silver St. Cloud deep dives. Who does that, yes. everybody? Who does Silver St. Cloud? Batman's girlfriend. <laughs> and Elmer Fudd's girlfriend, apparently. Check out those episodes if yeah. you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, what the fuck. But anyway, <laughs> um, please leave us a review in iTunes. And please use your phone to record a phone bumper. That's what they're called. little audio clip is what a bumper is. And... Uh, Basically, use that app, record something. You probably already have the app. And then from that app, you record something and and then send that recording. You can even send it via the app itself, I'm assuming anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, even on Droid. I know it does that on on iPhone. And uh, send that to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. And then we'll put your audio clip bumper on the show mm-hmm. Ben isn't that great it is fantastic <laughs> you can compete with uh, Zachary Brown who does this lovely background we have here with all the whole column of jokers and uh, he does a majority of the voices that you might hear whether that's Beetlejuice the Joker the Arkham Penguin basically everybody we have more than that but he's just been like really killing it as of he's late been on a roll yeah yeah he's been on a roll yes <laughs> so oh, thank you Zach <laughs> yeah thanks Zach they are they, they are high quality um, but yeah, other than that, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter and Instagram. If you're not checking us out on YouTube, please give us a like and subscribe on there as well. But if mm-hmm. not, that's okay. Checking us out on uh, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever is perfectly fine, y'all. Yep. Perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's it, Ben. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram on Superhero Stuff Pod, as well as on Twitter at Superhouse Pod. Uh, and you can follow me on Instagram at Ben One Rider. 
Uh, but please follow the Instagram instead on Superhero Stuff Pod. <laughs> I care about that a lot more. <laughs> I did give it to him. I used to run it, yeah. and I wasn't that good at it. I gave it to Ben, and it's like takes off like Superman. <laughs> it's like holy shit. That's how you do Instagram. That's how we do Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you for all to all our uh, Instagram followers, and stay tuned as we wrap the Superman seventy eight movie. It's going to happen now. It's going to happen. We're going to get to the grand finale. It was going to happen at some point. We just we got three hours of movie to go through. <laughs> Maybe got five hours of content. <laughs> All right, that's it. Krypton! <laughs>